0: Selena, Amanda, Frederick, happy 18th anniversary!
1: Woo-hoo. Woo
0: Yep, go us.
1: Ryan, Glenn, Frederick, <laughs> <laughs> happy 18th anniversary. Well, why? Well, well, thank
0: you. Yes, yeah, I can't believe it. 18 years.
1: 18 years, and yeah, you know, married. It's yeah, four years dating.
0: Four years dating. We've been together for far more than half our lives, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, you know, it's cliche to say, but there's a cliches exist for a reason, right? Every day is better than the last. Mm. I really believe that with you. And I love you and you're the best. So Same. Yeah. happy anniversary, my love. Right back so at you. That's also so it's kind of cool because uh we coincidentally started the podcast right around this time, about four years ago in twenty seventeen, believe that's it. Or crazy.
1: Not.
0: Um and so we are actually headed into our fifth season as well of this podcast.
1: That's awesome. I remember yeah. when we were starting, we were like, Meh. We're like, let's
0: just go for like maybe 3 months and see. Yeah, you know.
1: it's not it doesn't seem like a lot of people are doing this. We'll just try it. It might be a good thing.
0: We were we were doing it before it was cool.
1: It's true. You know, and, what? it was
0: kind of cool when we started it. It but it wasn't like But it
1: was like it could teeter either way. Like you're just kind of right. let's see how this goes.
0: Yeah. It's been a lot of fun. We've really enjoyed it. Listener, thank you for being on this journey mm-hmm. with us. We hope that this our efforts have been fruitful in your life, and our, our other hope is that this next season is no exception to that, all right? We have a lot to celebrate. We also have a lot of work that needs to be done still in our own lives and, um, by God's grace, in the lives of our listeners. So thank you for joining us for season five of the Fierce Marriage Podcast, and we will see you on the other side.
1: Welcome to the Fierce Marriage Podcast, where we believe that marriage takes a fierce tenacity that never gives up and refuses to give in.
0: Here, we'll share openly and honestly about all things marriage, sex, sex. Communication, finances, priorities, purpose, and everything in between.
1: Laugh, ponder, and join in on candid, gospel-centered conversations. This is Fierce Marriage.
0: So we're recording this right before we're going on an anniversary date. Mm-hmm. What are we doing on the anniversary date?
1: Um, we're gonna get some food, and we're gonna take it on our little boat, and we're just gonna go hang out in Puget Sound, adult style. Just no kids. No kids, so we don't have to be like <laughs> making it's... sure everybody's alive, not falling in the water, not jumping off things. But you end
0: up being like a, a stewardess <laughs> because you're constantly having to, like serve up water and snacks <laughs> and, and like give them safety briefings. And this kind of stuff. Yeah. And so, so we're just yeah. going to
1: go sit and read some books and eat some food and celebrate just because it's sunny still in Washington and we're just going to take it all in.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, I can't wait for that. Let's, let's get the show on the road.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: Literally. Um,
1: so we're just gonna go through our notes real quick. Yeah,
0: <laughs> actually. Okay. So today we're starting a new series and we've, to be honest, listener, we've struggled with this name. Uh, but the, the the concept hopefully comes through and the name that I'm going to run with right now. And it's, <laughs> it's back to basics. And I don't want this to be confused with foundational things. Right. Okay. Because there are foundational things that you could say they're basic in the sense that they are absolutely uh, the basis for a strong marriage. Mm-hmm. But what we're talking about here are really the practical out- basics, the practical outworkings of those foundational pieces. In other words, these are the skills. Over the next four weeks, we're going to say these are the four topics or four kind of areas where you need skill if you're going to have a marriage that is
1: a fierce marriage. <laughs> TM.
0: <laughs> if you're going to have a marriage that is fierce, uh, <laughs> my no, the the marriage that is flourishing, a marriage that is uh, everything that you kind of want it to be and more. Right, And all in light of the gospel, not just for our own good, not just for our own enjoyment, but unto Christ's glory, mm-hmm. unto the glory of his name. So um, we're starting this episode or this series today with uh, self-control is what we're talking through. So if you don't yeah. have self-control in marriage, uh, that's going to create a lot of problems. Obviously, we'll get into that in greater detail. Uh, next week, we're going to do uh, teamwork. Mm. Um, and <laughs> you said, I can't believe that. I thought we were past these types of uh, cliches, but you said teamwork makes the marriage dream work.
1: Hey, full transparency, we were having a big old fight between when I was trying to write this, so I read it how I want to write it.
0: <laughs> uh, it was. It lasted, so actually, Guys, we're recording margin, this late on margin, our anniversary because we had a fight. <laughs> margin,
1: margin is important, okay? That's all I'm going to say. Margin is important. We had no margin for the last two if it's weeks. it's so important, why don't we have it I know. Well, we came, it's like we had all these things, great things happening, lots of things to do within our household and like our community, and then Thursday comes and we're just like, who are you? <laughs> I don't like you. Like, just then clash.
0: What, what, when did when did we kind of break the ice? The way that you broke the ice, I gave you a hug and you said, why are you acting so messed up toward me? <laughs> and I said, why are you acting so messed up toward me? <laughs> if you know what movie that's from, then the, yeah. you're welcome. Um, so yeah, we've had a, a tough go. So teamwork is, is something that we haven't quite mastered every second of every day. No,
1: but it definitely makes the marriage but, dream work. Yes. There it is. <laughs> Okay. So that's week two for you. Uh, week three is going to be communication and conflict, which s- flows very nicely out of, you know, teamwork.
0: How do you fight well? And a lot of couples, I'm just shocked. at <laughs> Can how Can you fight well? Yeah. And how, I'm, I'm shocked at ourselves. I'm shocked at <laughs> other couples on how rarely uh, couples seem to have mastered this topic of communication and conflict. And so yeah, we're gonna we're gonna spend some time going deep into that one. Oh, Ryan.
1: Right, we're only human. Okay. Yeah,
0: week four is gonna be intimacy. In other words, how do we how do you get uh, unity around your intimate lives, a mutual understanding, mutual shared expectations yeah. so that you're not always kind of pushing and pulling and going against each other on this on this topic. You're not uh, chasing and avoiding in fact you're actually meeting one another.
1: Yeah, each of these subjects or I guess weeks build off one another. Um, they flow into one another and these are the I feel like these are the the main areas where we fight the most and where we need those basic skills of self-control, teamwork, um learning and knowing how to communicate effectively, uh and then intimacy is always a challenge. It just really is. Uh it's a blessing, but it takes work. Um so a big basic but very necessary for a flourishing marriage.
0: Yeah. I'll- Cool. So let's do some housekeeping real fast. Uh, subscribe, follow, rate, review. If you haven't done that, that helps us a lot. Please do do that. Especially, we're getting a fifth season, so uh, the podcast space is so so saturated. Yeah. And so, if you think this is valuable content, you can help others uh, come to that same realization by leaving a rating and a review. Uh, if you want to partner with us, um, I'm actually really excited. We just we just invested in some new microphones. Now we were going to use them today.
1: Oh, these aren't the new ones. These aren't the new ones. No, the new
0: ones are over there on the chair.
1: <laughs> oh, they're so pretty, looking over there, sitting on the chair doing nothing. Well, as it turns out, you need
0: what's called a preamp for oh. those ones. Um anyway, we're, we can't use those. I was, we're we're going to start season five with a new sound.
1: Yeah, we've been using these for four years.
0: Yeah, and we've gotten our money's worth, I'd yes. say, out of these little these little mics. So, um, but all that takes resources, and that's part of just this ministry and and fierce parenting, which did l- launch last week. If you missed that. Woo-hoo. Uh, go check that out. Thank you so much to everyone who's left a rating and a review on that podcast. We are so encouraged by that. But anyway, um, if you want to partner with us, the, the way to do that is to go to patreon.com slash fierce marriage, or you can go to fiercemarriagecom slash partner. I think they'll both end up in the same place. Um, but yeah, that's that's how we keep things going. And finally, um, I think, and I hesitate to say this, I think we're going to do an October cohort for gospel-centered marriage. <laughs> It's, and the reason why I hesitate is because it means that we're going to be involved in it. Like we have an online course; it's an ecosystem called Gospel Centered Marriage. Uh, go to marriage dot com to uh, learn more. However, one of the things that I really wanted for that is I want couples to to have a I guess incentive and reason to go further, kind of faster. Because what happens is a lot of people will start the course with great intentions. When life happens, they get busy. Uh, or maybe they're not on board together for whatever reason. And I'm just I'm concerned that the the throughput's not as high as it could be or the experience isn't everything it could be. So we are thinking, I'm, I'm like 60% right now that we'll do an October cohort. Um, so if you want to be a part of that, um, stay tuned, keep listening to the podcast, follow us on social media, we'll announce that. Um, but you can actually get, we're going to give you uh, 20% off, off gospel-centered marriage for uh, this whole month. Use the uh, coupon code BASICS. At checkout, and we'll give you an extra twenty percent off whatever that lowest price is um, to to uh, to jump on board. So, please do take advantage of that. Okay, is that is that everything? I think that's everything.
1: Okay, so we're talking about self control this week. Um, It is a big topic, especially within marriage. It is a fruit of the spirit. We're going to hover around three different scriptures sections. I think so. Romans twelve. Uh, which talks about the life and fruit of a believer. Mark 10, 6 through 9, uh, this call to unity and oneness. There's also Ephesians 4. Um, and then 1 Corinthians 7, um, talking about authority over our bodies. They're no longer our own when we're married. Um, and again, we'll you can probably start drawing the lines and seeing the connections between self-control and authority and governing and oneness and how all that will mix together. But hopefully through um, a bit of our story and us going through some of the purposes and desires for marriage you can see how important um, it is mm. for the Holy Spirit to be uh, involved in our hearts and our souls and our lives and growing and producing uh, his fruit in our lives yeah. um, in the in this case uh self-control very cool yeah. so um our story when we first it's actually kind of funny that this we're talking about this because it's on our anniversary, our anniversary <laughs> and I wrote this a week ago and we were fighting and I was like well this is a good story so whatever but It's kind of just to illustrate our expectations and our lack of vision for them when we got married. So... Ironically, like I was excited to get married because I had a lot of expectations on Ryan that he would make me happy. We'd be married. We didn't have to say bye anymore or good night. We could sleep in the same bed. We could do all the married things, right? That was
0: a big important thing to you. I remember not, not having to say good night because we had so many of those So many good nights. Like... Guys, we
1: waited. We were virgins until we got married. So there it is. It's out there. We waited. Yeah. Totally worth it. Yes. Um, I just, not was, that we
0: were perfect. And no, I do think we, we, I, we were virgins uh, in the technical sense of the word and more than the technical sense of the word, but we weren't perfect is what you're trying to say. Right. What I'm trying to say. There was struggles
1: yeah. there. So, um, and that's
0: part of the reason why we were excited not to have to say goodbye because it was like, <laughs> yeah, it was just this, uh, continual longing that we were having to snuff and stifle. Yeah. Yeah. So
1: basically I was just like, he's going to meet all my needs. Like can't wait to, to get married and get, and just be together all the time, you know? Um Ryan what were you excited about? What was your expectations for going into our marriage? Oh,
0: you put me on the spot here. Um yeah, so I think I was obviously given the fact that we had waited and stuff and that Just like things that.
1: that you didn't know though. Like basic Ryan coming getting married. What were your initial before before we were getting married? Like what were your expectations? Like I was yeah. very I was like he is going to meet my needs. He's going to do all these. He's going to make me happy. Like it's really about hmm. what you were going to do for me. Right.
0: Yeah, you know, I don't know that I had some like overt thought on along those lines for how you were supposed to meet my needs. I did have pretty high expectations in terms of this adventure called marriage, right? Because I had been working, if you remember, I had been working for a a painter, Mm -hmm. commercial painting company, and they were they had painted a lot of apartment buildings. And I had, while we're painting the apartment buildings, I'm looking at these people like they have their own place. They have like they they you know they hang out and they like I don't know. It's just like this. I don't know what I was imagining, but this like freedom to just be independent and together, mm-hmm. like independent as a family and together. And that was to me that was like the ultimate adventure, right? And so I was excited for that. And so I thought you and I embarking on that adventure was going to be so fun because we did have an apartment because I, I was working at an apartment right. complex doing mean, maintenance and janitorial right. stuff. So I was excited for that most most of all.
1: Okay. So you were maybe less selfish in your ex, in coming into marriage. I was I, trying to use those to illustrate our well, selfishness coming in, our level of. I did kind of have the classic
0: Christian misunderstanding of, of sex and, and how that would just all of my sexual desires would be completely and utterly satisfied in you. Now, with that said, I didn't have this, I by God's grace, I wasn't addicted to pornography headed into our marriage because that, that just was not something that I had dabbled in necessarily. Mm-hmm. I wasn't. I, I wasn't uh, completely ignorant of it. Like I had seen things, and I had, you know, so mm-hmm. I wasn't completely blameless in that area. But I didn't have this big kind of backlog of behavior mm. that I am expecting you now to satisfy. Right. But I did have kind of the classic Christian yeah. uh, understanding of oh, when you have when you are when you are married and you want to have sex, you just do. <laughs> and your wife's just always on board, and it's always like a no-brainer.
1: Because <laughs> no she time, obviously wants it no as what... much as you want it <laughs> all the time. It's completely obvious. Yes. So, I mean, listener, you can probably see in here the level of selfishness that kind of came out of the the early days and early years of our marriage. Um, I think we both had good expectations, um, but we quickly learned that marriage was not 100% about what I wanted or what he wanted, but it really, we had to grow in the knowledge and understanding that marriage is about what God wants for us. And I think we had some of those desires, but working those out was really challenging um, because of our selfishness. You don't realize how selfish you are until someone else comes along. Uh, hello, spouse. Uh, hello, kids. Like, <laughs> oh, I thought I was a really selfless person. Like I'm showing up and serving at church and I'm giving of my time. But wow, the level of uh, selfishness that exists when you, in those early days of marriage is, for us it was, I think that's probably where it was at its pinnacle. (laughs) Uh, God has quickly and graciously um, grown us to produce more fruit from the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Mainly in self-control. And that has been an adventure and a journey and a challenge. And hmm. it's only by His grace that we've been able to walk through this um, and and grow in our self-control. I It's definitely a skill to be built, but it also has to come from the Lord. Because otherwise you're just kind of doing the same things over and over and you feel like hmm. you're never going to actually develop self-control in your marriage and so what do you what do we mean i guess by self-control in our marriage what does that actually look like and i think Mm. if we i think we should start in romans 12 so i can just read yeah the first two verses and then we can skip down even to nine and stuff but i appeal to you therefore brothers by the mercies of god to present your bodies as a living sacrifice holy and acceptable to god which is your spiritual worship Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. Stop. So, what we see here is the the message of, to me, selflessness, because the world, do not be conformed to this world. When I read that, I think of the world's desires, the world's messages of, Hmm. I need to if I get married, then it's about me and what he can provide for me and what he can do for me. And if I'm reading this correctly, like God is saying, don't be conformed to this world. Be transformed by the renewal of your mind. Well, what does that mean? If I'm, if I'm getting married and I'm, you know, I'm thinking that I'm selfless and I think that I've got all of this together, then I'm just going to automatically be able to love my spouse really well. I'm going to be super good at it. Right.
0: And <laughs> you were, you were, you are pretty good at it. <laughs>
1: all right. But then you go down a couple of verses talking about like how to love. I mean, we have first Corinthians, but in, in this passage in Romans, Paul writes, let love be genuine, abhor what is evil, hold fast to what is good, love one another, you know, with brotherly affection, outdo one another and showing yeah. in love and honor. There's this call to love in yeah. a deeper way from a deeper well, um, that is authentic and genuine and really is not about us. Right. And, it's
0: interesting you say that. I, I could just interject here because yeah. uh, we're talking about self selflessness or selfishness um, and being kind of the thing that you need to overcome. Self-control. Um, I don't know if that is that the actual... Self-control is the means of yeah. which we overcome the... Yeah, self-control is an actual fruit of the Holy Spirit. Oh, yeah. So we start there, right? Because we, we, it's a fruit of the Holy Spirit. It's not a fruit of human goodness is, it, I think, what strikes me. <laughs> yes. It's a, like true self-control true love tr- true joy it's going to come from some somewhere else someone else right namely the Holy Spirit working in us in the life of a believer so it begs the question um, can a non-believer can a couple who is not professed Christians who mm-hmm. aren't indwelled believers indwelled by the Holy Spirit can they um, live in this way can they have self-control uh, in the ways that we're describing and my, my quick answer is not in the ways we're describing so no I think you can have some semblance of self control because mm-hmm. God has um, in his goodness he has uh, given what's called common grace right so there're are still even unregenerate people even non christian people have the ability to do good good things mm-hmm. uh who who have have an ability to exercise and practice wisdom yeah and and i believe self control being that it's a fruit of the holy spirit is wisdom mm-hmm. and so um, but I think there's just a level of depth there that is not available to the believer. And I think if you really get down below the surface, you can have the behaviors that resemble self-control, but you can have a heart orientation, a heart motivation that, that doesn't
1: to the unbeliever,
0: to the unbeliever. Yes. Yeah. And so what, what, what that does then is that, that then puts us, even though you're doing maybe biblical things, if it's not rooted in the Holy Spirit, it's not rooted in the gospel, right. then it doesn't really, it puts you on the same plane as uh, an atheist or a pagan or an agnostic or somebody else who just happens to be doing the pragmatic thing. Right. And the problem is, okay, and this is what I'm getting around to, the problem is that the, the way God, God's way is rarely pragmatic, like to the end. Mm-hmm. In other words, it's not always going to be the easy, most e- expedient thing to do. Right. It's, it's, it's very pragmatic in the sense that it produces righteousness, it bears fruit, it produces good things. It's pragmatic in that sense, but it's not pragmatic in that it will cost you something you don't want to pay mm-hmm. at some point. And I think that's got to be at the absolute core of this idea of self-control, of uh, selflessness. Mm has to be the gospel. It has to be the Holy Spirit. It has to be a fruit of the Holy Spirit welling up from within us, growing. Otherwise, we're, try- we're just basically, we use this analogy all the time, but you're stapling fruit on a tree. Mm-hmm. It might look good for a few days, but eventually it'll fall off. It'll still rot. It's not alive. Uh, Holy Spirit fruit is alive, and it wells up from within us. And it is it is essentially, at its essence, it's different. And and we know that when the rubber meets the road, when it's no longer pragmatic to mm. do the hard thing, because the only Holy Spirit fruit will say, you can still do the hard thing, even though your flesh says no. Because mm. without the Spirit, without walking in the Spirit, all you have is flesh. All you have is flesh. And, and even if you make the right choice, a lot of times it's going to be rooted in uh, the idea that it's 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 going to end better for me. In other words, it's still a selfish desire. Right. I'm still doing it for myself, but I'm doing it, it just happens to look a certain way and like i said at the end of that it that that eventually will where you'll wear that argument out and eventually you, you'll want to do
1: something different i think we should start we should talk about an example of this maybe in marriage hmm. that might illustrate it better because when you think self-control i mean you automatically go to like addictions or hmm. struggles and i'm thinking for the married person right
0: can we just use ourselves as an example because yeah. i the last this last week all right we kind of we laughed about it uh, but the fight that we were having was was pretty rough because we 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 weren't communicating uh i think at some point we were like ships passing in the night like mm-hmm. we would just walk by one another in the house and it's like you're dead to me <laughs> <laughs> and i remember thinking like wow she's really cold and i'm like i'm cold i'm gonna be cold to her too <laughs> um but I, I wanted to be and i think that's the part that our flesh, uh, we were doing what was pragmatic, what was, what? like, I was not fighting my flesh in that moment. Um, I'm, I don't, I <laughs> I'm <laughs> I don't really, want to speak to you. I was.
1: I'm I was trying to, but I felt hopeless and empty and unable to hmm. because I was looking to myself to overcome that.
0: Hmm. Yeah. And so... <laughs> I don't want to. I, I don't want to backpedal, but I do want to add some some nuance and some texture to it. Yeah, being regenerate, being filled by the Holy Spirit doesn't mean that we are con- we are just all of a sudden we have this ability to bear perfect fruit all the time. Right. It's a process of sanctification. Yeah. And it's a pro- and Paul talks about it in Romans and, and other places where he does the thing he knows he does not he shouldn't do, but he the thing he's not s- supposed to do, the thing he doesn't want to do, he does that <laughs> thing. And he basically caves into his flesh more mm-hmm. than he wants to, more than he wants to. And so this idea of sanctification is basically like how good am I becoming at hearing the voice of the Holy Spirit, hearing the voice of Christ mm. and obeying that not just in action but in heart orientation, desire. How good am I am I becoming at wanting God so badly, wanting his holiness, his righteousness so badly that it is second nature to me? Mm. Cuz my 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 first nature is my flesh. And so how do I how do I change that to where it's not just second nature, but now it's my first nature that mm-hmm. I want the things of God.
1: Right. And it's a lot like working out. It's a lot of muscle memory. Like you, it's the repetition of practice and practice and practice. And like, hmm. God is faithful to present those opportunities, <laughs> um, hmm. in our marriage and in the struggles of, you know, I, was, I can
0: only Yeah. I, I just want to jump in. Cause I, I remember like, in the middle of even just our, the last few days, and we were going through our, our stuff, and I was just praying, God, like, what, what do I do? Like, I, I honestly don't know. Like, help me. Like, I'm going I was to praying God. Praying the same thing. <laughs> and you know what? But He didn't just give me some light bulb moment. He didn't give me some breath of, like, new inspiration and yeah. like fresh perspective. It was like, no, I had to kind of like, like, go through that and slog through it and try. You know, it was drudgery, in a sense. And then it was like you know cuz i think killing and searing and, and 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 like uh setting aside the flesh at times is is painful it's very yeah. painful and it can only be done through struggle and through pain and so i think that's what we're talking about here self control that's truly uh truly spirit led right. spirit born fruit yeah is going to have those moments where you are killing you're mortifying the flesh mm-hmm. and that's a painful process And that's the argument I'm trying to make is that without the Holy Spirit driving that and producing that fruit that like, why would I, why would I want to mortify my flesh when all I have is my flesh? Mm -hmm. So anyway, there's a lot of nuance to that, but all I have to say is that I think it's a good thing to fight and wrestle um, and it's still a spirit-born fruit if you're fighting against your flesh. The difference is where does it end, and at what point mm. do you wear out? And and so, I don't know, I could go on and on, because I'm just kind of thinking in real time right now. But
1: No, I agree. I think that's...
0: I'll move the conversation along. <laughs> 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 so um, that was our story, and that's you wanted a practical example of how selflessness, self-control could work itself out. Yeah. Now, if you take that and you extrapolate from there and you say okay how does that work itself out in, in our sex life or in our financial life like mm. listener you're smart you're you you can intuit some of those ways that it could work itself out you know when you want to do something that is not healthy not right not selfless right. you know that and i would argue that when it's when it's the hardest when it's the hardest to push back against the flesh that's going to be the most critical junction that you're going to face in you know at that Absolutely. time and that's that's your greatest opportunity therefore to trust god to, and that's that that's the hard piece right mm-hmm. you don't want to jump off that cliff because it takes you resigning yourself to him it takes you uh turning away from your pride maybe going to your spouse who you think has wronged you or mm-hmm. they've been acting messed up towards you <laughs> and and so and that that's very hard to do and that's a great opportunity to trust God in that moment
1: right and something interesting to to i think grab a hold of is when you're dealing with um, the selfishness and the lack of self-control in your marriage, you know, it's not just about compromising and moving on to the next thing, right? It's not about just, okay, I'm just going to give in, I'm going to cave in and we'll just get past this, whatever. Like that's not actually being selfless. <laughs> right. You're that's, being pragmatic. yeah, Right. And so we can still compromise and still have a hard heart and a bad attitude, which is what I think you were trying to say about a decision that we're, uh, That we're trying to make that can either it can be more damaging rather than helpful when we're just trying to get through it. Like you said, the Mm. end is the difference in how we end everything is what you look at in order to see what is at the helm. Is it self-control or is it selfishness? Mm. And they will take us to two very different places
0: yeah, and it's also driven by the motivation that you have to be obedient to God and, and conform to His Word and conform to the likeness of Christ. If that's not something that we genuinely want, right, then we're not even asked these questions. Right, uh, these questions are, are moot at that point.
1: Right, which, again, Romans twelve paints us a great picture of what it means to be a living sacrifice. And <laughs> I mean, sacrifice—the word sacrifice—you <laughs> right. uh, can't get any higher than that as far as like self-control and selflessness. Um, and then looking at the marks of a true Christian, someone who is, you know, loving one another with brotherly affection, they rejoice in hope, be patient in tribulation. I felt like this was like yeah. our week of just God's just like, just be patient in it and be constant in prayer. And it was hard and it was yeah. we we're constant. I felt like I was constantly praying, constantly just hitting a wall, hitting a wall, hitting a wall. And Life still has to happen Like we still have to Work We still have to Feed our children We still have to Do all the things that We can't just sit in it Um Mm -hmm. And I think that was That was challenging for us We really had to Face some Yeah we can Face some struggles In the selfishness arena
0: So I don't want to gloss over this Before we move on From Romans 12 Um is twelve one and two and the rest of Romans chapter twelve are all in light of the first eleven chapters of Romans, mm-hmm. and so it's like if we just start there, we kind of we're missing the first whole half right. of what Paul is saying. And right. you've probably heard many people talk about this, but he's developing a very rich kind of systematic theology of grace and of of God's love for the Jew and the Gentile, and and what that means for the life of the believer. He's developing all that very systematically over chapters right. one through eleven. Romans
1: twelve is kind of like and Romans twelve was the, the quick recap of it. It's the it's the, <laughs> the cream. It's
0: the if then now what. Yeah. It's the it's the therefore I appeal to you therefore brothers by the mercies of God now do these things, mm. and so that's I guess what I'm trying to say, is that a lot of us want to go from Romans twelve forward without a full grasp or understanding or submission to Romans one through eleven, mm. which read Romans one, yes. and and find so conviction good. for like our desires to to basically, uh, act as the functional gods in our own lives. Mm. Uh, and that always, that never ends well. Um, but you know, the it, Romans starts out with a, like, we have to resign ourselves to this truth that God is God and we are not. He is creator. We are created. Therefore we, he sets the rules. We don't. Right. And that again, that resignation and the fruit therein and, and the, the, the theology that develops around that is what gives birth to this practical outworking, this, this, back to the basics of (laughs) self-control is that we can now have, we have now have a basis, a sound basis Mm -hmm. to present ourselves as living sacrifices unto God. And the way that looks in our marriage is self-control, selflessness in times when we absolutely don't want to.
1: So good. Hmm. All right. Um, I think we're going to spend some time talking about what we call the three scarce resources in our marriage where selfishness can kind of skew and ruin the purposes that God has for them. Um, Maybe that sounds a little gray. <laughs> yeah, well, let's get into it. But let's talk about it, and I think it'll come become clear very quickly. So
0: scarce resources. So uh, what what did we mean by that? Again, we wrote this <laughs> right down last well, week. Well, you
1: were the one that coined that. I should yeah, maybe so, not say that. Sorry. <laughs> in, no. Okay.
0: So here's the, here's kind of the thought process. Is these yeah these are things that are limited. Right. In their in our abilities to like we don't have unlimited. Abilities for these things. So intimacy, right? right. Is it, um, intimacy is one of these scarce resources. You're the only one, like you're the only source for my, my, the only terminus for my intimate desire, I should mm-hmm. say the only ending place for that. Okay. Um, and from from a for my healthy God, you know, right. God honoring standpoint. Right. Um, so that's a scarce, re- and you, you're a scarce resource. Like you only have so much energy, time. There's only one of me. You only have, yeah, so, you only have one body. You only have one what, day. So many
1: days yeah. I wish I had more than one. Sometimes <laughs> <laughs> get some stuff done. Um,
0: and then another scarce resource, we'll just do a quick flyover and then we'll go back into yeah. detail, uh, is your time. Okay, so that's a scarce resource, and and therefore your priorities are a very important function of uh, how you want to spend your time, mm-hmm. recognizing that it is scarce. Now, some of us delude, delude ourselves into thinking that we have more time than we actually do. Uh, that's another conversation entirely. Um, and then finances, um, that's a scarce resource. I I don't know anybody um, in my life that had that they don't have like limited finances. There's nobody that we know that just doesn't have to think about how they spend their money, how they steward and how they work and how they prioritize their income, um, and their outgoing, um, money. So yeah, so let's talk about the first one, intimacy.
1: So I think the way selfishness and a lack of self-control, um, can kind of roar its ugly, ugly head in this area is that, you know, is it asking the questions, is it selfish for a husband to want sex? Well, no, not necessarily. When does it become selfish? Or for the wife, if she withholds sexual intimacy, is that selfish? Mm. Uh, like, where is that line, right, of, of selfishness and giving, and then understanding authority, right? In First Corinthians seven, authority over our bodies. Yeah. What? It, how do? How do? How do I? How do I connect all these pieces in a way that helps me understand and therefore walk in this, um, this selflessness and this self control? Like, if I don't feel like having sex but you do, how can I, how can I be selfless in this? Yeah. Right. It's,
0: can I just use another example?
1: Okay.
0: <laughs> Guys, we've been going through it. I'll tell you what, and it's not just been us, but life I think has been extra chaotic around the Frederick ha- household. Um So I think it was like a week and a half ago. You're having a rough day. You, I got home. Yeah. And we, oh, I had been, I don't remember where I was, but you were just like, yeah, it's been a very t- hard day. Like all of us have cried multiple times Oh, you were fishing okay yeah,
1: so. sorry I don't mean like that <laughs> we had all yes it was something we had planned for yeah it, and in it's a church, it was a church thing
0: some guys yeah. invited us out it was, it, was yeah. it ended up being a longer day than I planned and um the point is I got home and I'm like thinking full well and we hadn't been close in about three days three four days and that's our typically our rhythm being
1: close means we hadn't had sex okay translate. thank
0: you <laughs> sorry I'm using our own vernacular here and it's not, <laughs> may not translate and so uh I I remember thinking to myself, okay, obviously my wife is having a hard time. I was like, I shouldn't bring that up, and I and I and, here, and here's my exact thought process. I was like, in the past, I've not brought it up, and she's told me that I should have brought it up, even when she's look, when she's like this. <laughs>
1: Just like
0: this. <laughs> well, well <laughs> sorry. I, I I don't. I get
1: it. I. I've had two really rough days that I have not. I'm just the Lord is leading me to the end of myself and it's
0: you've told yeah. me in the past you've said I no hey, I, just, I don't care how I'm how I'm acting feeling whatever you should be able to tell me if you're <laughs> wanting this you've told me that yeah, yeah. And I'm not trying to get myself no, I'm laughing off because
1: hook. of my response
0: <laughs> when I said Selena <laughs> and I tried so hard I was like please don't uh, please don't hear this like Feel free to say no
1: Already the wheels are spinning
0: Feel free to say no Because I know I can see the day that you've had However you've told me not to Not to not bring this up So I just want to bring this up Is this something that you've thought about And is this something that we We, we can Tears. pursue tonight?
1: Immediately And she immediately starts crying Sobbing I'm just, And I'm like
0: <laughs> I don't know how to play this game She's playing forty chess. And I'm playing checkers. I don't know what to do. And so immediately I'm like, it's fine. No worries. No worries. I, I was just bringing it up. I'm like backpedaling. And you're like, no, it's okay. I just, I can't do anything. And you're just going for it. Anyway, the, the irony of it was after we had that, that actually created a conversation point for us. And as hard, as as tired, and as bedraggled as you were in that moment,
1: uh, I also needed to feel loved. And I think yes. we and, needed to and connect. We had been that talking. was one of the biggest things for us. And that, it
0: wasn't that we I was avoiding we were talking, just, we hadn't gotten yeah. to that point yet where you felt like we had had the kind of a a natural progression of some things. <laughs> and so we ended up that night ended up being a great night for us. <laughs> it ended up going the way I had hoped. <laughs> and apparently Selena had hoped that as well. Right. The point is, uh, you, we were answering this question of how do we know if it's a self, selfish, desire or not? And I think, I think the way that you can tell if, if your sexual desire is selfish or not is a, is it for your spouse or is it for, uh, is it for your, your whole spouse? not just who like what they can give you as a physical being but really do you want their heart their soul their mind Mm -hmm. and their body Mm -hmm. that to me is the first kind of litmus test of this is it intimacy is that a selfish desire the second one is um if you don't get the thing that you're hoping to get if you don't get that connection what's your response yeah so good. if your response is bitterness anger uh frustration and indignance and, and instead of like seeking to understand then that that might be a a clue for you to say, Hey, this is a selfish motivation. I'm not thinking about my spouse. I'm just thinking of myself. Right. And how can I be self-controlled in this is that I can say that anger is not founded in, in, it's not godly anger, right? It's, it's fleshly anger. And so then we can begin to turn away from it in self-control by the power of the Holy spirit and then love our, love our spouse Mm. in a way that actually connects with them in that moment. Right. And
1: first Corinthians seven is a great passage talking about the principles for marriage. Um, and outlining, you know, authorities over our own bodies. I mean, it's when you're married, like, you are two becoming one flesh. And so if Ryan's going through a hard time or if I, like, take that example. I was going through a really difficult time and just having, I don't know, a really tough day. And
0: and we had been talking.
1: Yeah. Then yeah. it wasn't selfish of him to bring it up. That's the, I told him, and I want that to be our marriage of... You know, we can talk about these things even in the midst of the hardest times. Why? Because that might be the breakthrough that we need is to step into that, knowing that this is the this is the way that we're supposed to be hmm. together in this moment. Like it's just, I don't know if that's clear enough, but
0: well, and believe it or not, and this is a bit of a sidebar. And by the way, next month is going to be all about sex, um, and it's going to be great. And one of the one of the pieces <laughs> and one of the purposes of sex in bibl- biblical terms is yeah. comfort. Yeah, and how it can be a way to comfort one another.
1: Right, and it's also, I, yeah, we'll talk about and this too. And that's how you're getting at it. Yeah, comfort yeah. and protection too, um, yeah. which, uh, yeah, we should save that for the next one. But anyways, Hebrews 13, 4, 1 Corinthians 6, 18, and 1 Corinthians 7 um, just talk about sex and um, mm. the parameters for it, uh, what God designed it for. Um, and so sex is one of those areas in marriage that is, it's basic in that every marriage should be experiencing it, um, but it can very easily fall into selfishness if we're not approaching it with the right, right heart yep. motivation thought, and that takes the that takes the Holy Spirit producing in us patience, producing in us self control, and mm-hmm. uh, how we approach our spouse in this area.
0: Yeah. Oh yeah. So uh, these again three scarce resources. The next one um, time. And as a result, your priorities. So how yeah. do you decide and determine your priorities as a couple? So, um, again, we'll talk about this fishing trip because <laughs> <laughs> I don't really go fishing a lot. I go once a year probably. And it's usually and a daily we long all
1: thing. fall apart. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, I leave for one day <laughs>
0: and everything goes to pot. No. Uh, so that was kind of an anom- anomaly. Um, but I think the basis from which we decide how to use our time, basically how do we use it as a couple and how are how are we using it as individuals in the context of our marriage? So uh, one thing that doesn't work for us is the, you get a day, I get a day, the tit for tat thing Mm -hmm. that works for some couples and to each his own. We're not saying that's a bad way to do it, but we kind of keeping tabs like that, I think quickly creates animosity, um, in our marriage toward one another. We start Mm -hmm. feeling like, uh, there's a sense of, you know, um, injustice or injustice rather. (laughs) Um, and so I don't know what else Well you know, the
1: vocab- the the dialogue around that is kind of like, well this is my time, you know, it's me. I deserve this, you know, I've been with the kids all day. It's a cost to my family and you know, the finances don't matter. It's I just need this, right? It's kind of we just go blindly into what yeah. our desires and what our needs are and like that Tuesday I was pretty empty on everything. I I was not feeling like a great mom, not feeling like I could even get a thing done to take care of and steward this home. Um, school was the only thing that I felt like was consistent. And I was like, praise God for home education right now, because it's grounding us in a day where everything feels like it's just spiritual, spiritual attack, tornado, selfishness, all the things are just coming to light. Hmm. But here, here I am, right? We're here. My priorities are just all, they just, everything just felt like we were in a tornado and it was really hard to get hmm. back to, okay why you know understanding why was this a priority why is this a good thing that he went fishing or why you know there was a lot of good things around those decisions um and there's a good thing i think there is merit to saying like i mom needs a time out and mom needs some time to re re regroup yeah it's not the right word i'm trying to say (laughs)
0: yeah uh be refreshed (laughs) something Something like that that. (laughs) so i think uh, here's our attitude and i I do want to move on to the next one just because i know we're running out of time but our attitude we try to be in general, we try to send more than we try to kind of walk away ourselves, right? Yes. So instead of you saying, can I go to this thing? It's me saying that you should go to this thing, right? You need to go be a part of that gathering. You need to go to, you're going to a conference this next weekend. It's mm-hmm. going to be an overnight thing, um, which is not usual, but it's, um, you want to go and you've expressed that, but I also know that you need to go. And so. We, we do that as a team. Mm -hmm. So we send mom, we send, I send my wife. We Mm -hmm. say, you're an ambassador for our family. Go and be blessed. Right. And And I think
1: just one more thought is that I think we do need to, um, steward and filter our desires because a lot of times our desires determine our priorities and and those determine how we spend our time. Right. And so if I desire certain things and they are not within their very selfish desires, the word they're not. I know that it's going to put too much of a burden on my family and my spouse. Then I need to reassess those things. I need to be putting those underneath mm. the the, you know, the Holy Spirit. How am I? How am I walking? Am I keeping in step with the Spirit, like in Galatians five? Am I keeping in step? Yeah. Am I doing these things, you know, by being led by the Holy Spirit? It's not always going to be easy, um, no. but I feel like Galatians five really clarifies how I can exercise self-control and how I can delineate if this is a selfish desire or not.
0: Good. Um, and as just, a I want to make sure we're staying kind of um, with this big goal in mind is that these, again, these are kind of back to the basics. These are things that if we can't get our arms wrapped around God's idea of self-control, mm-hmm. then it's going to continually create, problems in our marriage. Yeah. It's going to continue to unravel. just
1: keeps unraveling. <laughs> yeah.
0: And so in, the, in light of that, we talked about kind of these typical areas where we have scarce resources and intimacy and therefore one another, like I'm a scarce resource. You're a scarce resource. Our time mm. is scarce. And now the third scarce resource in marriage is, as you probably guessed, finances. And so how we uh, spend our money, how we uh, approach even spending, mm. how we look at earning, yeah. right? A lot of people, especially in, in the modern American culture, even just Western culture, uh, post-industrialized culture, all that kind of stuff. Somehow our work has become so intertwined, interwoven with our identity, but it's been completely detached from our uh, geographic location and our greater familial community context. Mm. And so what you have is you're leaving the the home now, you're leaving the family to go into some, uh, some geographic center, right? Usually a city and th- that is going to define you uh, to those people, and therefore it should define you to uh, your social groups and so on and so forth. And that's that's a very modern thing. It's a very unusual thing, and it's certainly not a biblical thing, like the fact that your work um, is your very identity. Biblically speaking, our identity is Christ. Mm. Biblically speaking, our citizenship is in heaven, not on earth. Our family is the family of God. We are co-heirs with Christ. And so finances, if we don't have that underlying um, the understanding, mm-hmm. then this is going to be a spot where it's going to be riddled with selfishness, yeah. right? I'm going to want to spend on what I want to spend on because I'm the breadwinner and well, and I think it's blah, easy blah, blah, to, it's easy to hide money. Yeah. It's easy
1: to hide mm. money as well. Right. And it's easy to just spend it without talking to one another. Granted, you know, if you come home with a new car, that might be a <laughs> dead giveaway. Well, usually it but, looks like credit card bills, or, right? You know, Amazon
0: purchases or whatever that thing is. And it just kind of flies under the radar books. Uh, yeah, books. <laughs> your love language is books, um, and I'm always like, literally stop buying books right now because we can. You can spend the rest of your life reading. Just and five more. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and so, being uh, selfish in that area will wreak havoc. And the thing is, is you can sneak it for a little bit, but you can't sneak it forever.
1: Right. And the ironic thing yeah. is that finances are not scarce in God's economy. Right. Like He yeah. is our source. He is our provider. Amen. Yeah. He is Jehovah Jireh. We are called to be stewards of what He has entrusted us with. It's all His. It's all His.
0: And we just happen to be kind of the ones handling it at that moment. Uh, until someone else by God's grace stewards it unto his glory.
1: Right. And I think that self-control really is you can see how it plays a role in understanding, okay, mm. this is God's money. He's given it to us to steward well. This is no longer my money and his money. We are combining incomes. We are one mm. uh, on every front. And so I this is just going to combat any other inklings yeah. of self you know selfishness yeah. uh, by combining and being one it really the unification i think of hearts and finances uh is a beautiful boundary and of protection um mm. against just division because money is so attached to the heart it can be there's there's just this weird like mm. heart tied to money right first timothy six ten is like the love of money produces evil not money itself, just the love of it. Um, mm. And so getting our identities wrapped up in it, getting this affection that starts growing for more of it because of what it gives to us on whatever, all mm. the different levels is, um, it's just detrimental and it's selfishness yeah. Uh, ultimately.
0: Yeah. So I think maybe that's where we could have our couples conversation challenge Absolutely. is take... Go through these three. Okay. So the big topic again, self-control and how self-control is being able to, in a sense, master it. I'm using that that term loosely. We'll never truly master self-control on this side of heaven, yeah. but mastering self-control as much as you can as a fruit of the Spirit. Remember, it comes from the Spirit. It doesn't come from us in these areas. So talk about self-control in your marriage, specifically around your sex life, around your time and your priorities, how what what fills your calendar and why, mm. and your how you spend your money and why. And so talk about how maybe you've been selfish. That's okay. Like you don't have to feel shame, but you, yeah, but just respond to this honestly. Yeah, How have you been selfish and how can you be more selfless and how, how is self-control a component of, of your selflessness?
1: Well, and in how, this is, area? how is self-control really leading us down a path of freedom, hmm. right? It, it feels hmm. like the control part might be the restraint, but it's actually, uh, the piece that, uh, that allows us more freedom.
0: Well, well said. Yeah. It's not, yeah, I don't need to say anymore. That's we should sit at the beginning. <laughs> You're so and wise. And
1: there's the lead. Bait, bait, bait.
0: We're out of time, but yeah. would you mind praying this out?
1: God, thank you so much for loving us, um, for being the example of selflessness. Amen. Help us, God. Holy Spirit, I pray for listeners right now that you would develop fruit in them as you do in us uh, develop self-control, help us to have eyes that see and hear and be able to pick out selfishness in our own hearts, Mm -hmm. uh, help us so lovingly walk alongside our spouses as, as they pick out or we see something in them, help us to partner with them and to come alongside and to lovingly, um, be their partner and their helper. And we are grateful for this time, grateful to dive into your word, uh, Produce in us, Holy Spirit. May we glorify you with the fruit uh, from you. In your name, amen.
0: Amen. All right, this episode of the Fierce Marriage Podcast... Is in the can <laughs> almost forgot it. Oh, I have one quick reminder uh, go to gospelcenteredmarriage.com and use the promo code basics, it'll give you an additional 20% off um, the annual price there, which is already reduced from the normal price. So, uh, we hope that you'll take us up on that offer. And uh, like I said, we are like 60% doing like an October cohort. We'll see again. Don't hold me to that. We'll do it. We'll do a cohort at some point, maybe, maybe October with the soonest. So, please uh, do consider that. Take advantage of that offer. We would love to meet you in person. Uh, through that cohort so uh yeah with that said let's go have some anniversary festivities Woo-hoo! yeah food and fun is on the menu for the fredericks
1: Woo-hoo! so
0: anyway all right the episode's in the can and we'll see you again in about seven days <laughs> until next time stay fierce thank you for listening to the fierce marriage podcast